0: Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About The Weather. Political discussion from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is you. <laughs> oh, that's so traditional now. You, no, you... It's worse now, it's getting worse. Oh, that's you stretching. Sorry, usually no, it's, f- usually it's, it's you side. like... Oh. No, but now I'm,
1: I'm getting pro- progressively angrier. Um, before we go in, I would say like, everyone is, get, is getting harder and angrier about all of it. Like Next week we're going to talk about the media a bit, but so I won't get into it too much this week. But, you know, we're all getting a bit angry. We're all getting a bit testy about all of this. Yeah. But if you need a break, last night we went to see Premiere. That was so good. <laughs> get a copy of it and watch it. It's uh, so wholesome an- anime, and pretty. Anime
0: film about firefight- uh, mystic firefighters.
1: Um, yeah, and the love, that bur- the love that burns brightest between fireman and fireman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fireman. Man, fireman and arsonist. <laughs> yeah, Twink arsonists. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, and you should like. Uh, yeah, just like it's not bad to take a break sometimes from reading Twitter or reading the news. Oh no, I, or might... if anyone's sad, if anyone's sad and stressed, you can DM me. I'll talk about stuff as long as yeah. you're okay to talk about anime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like tactically, uh, I can work. I can now work out within about three tweets whether I should be on the timeline or not. Yeah, I, I, I'm reasonably good because I'm not on Twitter that much of, mm. of work and, and and whatever, but. This morning was a particularly bad case. I mean, all the media stuff really started to to hit quite mm. hard, mm-hmm. and I just let's just listen to some Al Nathrak and <laughs> just just chill out. You know, yeah. it's like submission is for the week. It's, yeah
1: the only thing actually the only other thing we'll say about the media this week is congratulations to our man Oz Katterjee. oh yes um, of course get, yeah. getting a lucrative it's nice gig that writing... there's a
0: positive story there is all the negativity is it's really nice
1: when um, principled that... anti-racist left wingers get to write racist clickbait articles for the mail on
0: fucking life. Oz a fucking piece of migrant's, shit migrants greatest voice within <laughs> the UK media <laughs> now uh, working from the inside mm-hmm. uh, to, to effect real change mm-hmm. at the Daily Mail by writing about migrants Hiding it's in it's the backs of cars.
1: The, it's not wrote for the Daily Mail. for the, oh, Mail, for the Online. Mail Online. Sorry, yeah. It's, it's like the Daily it's Mail. It's the same paper, ish. But yeah. the Daily Mail doesn't post quite as much, like on the border child porn, does it? <laughs> That's the one that he chose to work for. Because I'm going to say listen. He chose.
0: Listen, Hugh. There are plenty of good left wing journalists who just have to take jobs. They at do. Right wing organisations.
1: They do. They to, do. In order to, to make like, Sky, Vice. <laughs> or finally, Mail Online.
0: Was it? Did he work for the um, the Turkish uh, official, like uh, national state probably. media agency? Didn't, they? Um, or uh, they did, didn't <laughs> he? Or <laughs> volunteered? Just voluntarily, did it? He's
1: not being paid to work for Mail Online. He just really loves. He just he just really wants to get some of these anti migrant stories out there about how they hide in glove compartments. A <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. A friend of mine called him a principled anti-racist, like to my face in this in this very kitchen. I had to wash this kitchen after such a fucking lie. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, yeah.
0: This week we're yeah. going to talk about the Tory manifesto released last week. Um, it's uh, I got my f- leather-bound f- one sent to me, <laughs> yeah. like bound As in
1: goatskin, written in vellum, <laughs> red <written> on vellum. <laughs> Okay, that was delivered to me by a man on, in a on... robe. I could never—I couldn't see his face. When the sun hit his hands as he reached as he passed it to me, it like crackled under the sun.
0: <laughs> I thought it was—it like, just went straight through. <laughs> his skin was just completely, transparent. completely transparent. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's quite a slight document, coming in at about 64, 65 pages, mm-hmm. uh, which for a manifesto isn't very much. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's quite—it uh, would be too much to go through in. Roughly an hour and ten minutes here, but if not like in content, just spiritually. <laughs> uh, so it starts right. Mm. The the intro is incredible. So it starts with a handwritten, handwritten missive from Boris Johnson. How's his handwriting? Uh, it's not actually handwritten, I presume he handwrote it at some point. Yes, he elongated serial killer, Shooing all technology in a Boris Aryan jihad. <laughs> um. For the last three and a half years, this country has felt trapped, like a lion in a cage. We have all shared the same frustration, like some super green supercar blocked in the traffic. Oh my God. Could you have more blatant coding as to who this is for?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. I felt like we were all in the super green supercar, racing to the crossing before Bridge a disabled man. Well, I assume that by super green, he's doing that thing where he says what he actually wants to, like his mind, his hmm. mind verbals. But then realizes he's got to slap an environmentally friendly yeah. thing on it. So I'm assuming he means like with a catalytic converter or like <laughs> what he something mean, he like mean,
1: that. He's trying to he's trying to do like um, he, in his head. The first thing that goes into his head is like a, an old MG yeah. that's that kind of um, like that bullet green, that shade of green. Yeah, for yeah. A bullet. yeah. Um, but then he's like, oh shit! I need to make it environmentally friendly. Um, I don't know. Maybe that Tesla tank thing. <laughs>
0: I feel like we're all in the super green supercar Racing to the crossroad Before the disabled man can breath the lights <laughs> We've all been there Screaming outside Halfords As the shutters slowly close in front of our faces We all want to fuck like we did When we were 20 Making up that story about the girl at the Costa Where she finds us attractive It's so like All of the Tories' language around Brexit Has yeah. been like Unleash our potential Yeah Fuck again <laughs> Really fuck Like properly <laughs>
1: Damn NHS won't let us get the good Viagra. (laughs)
0: Um, As for the rest of it, um, as in total, it's probably for the amount that you can say anything about it, it's probably to the left of like late Blairism.
1: Okay,
0: like it promises some more funding; it isn't shy about that. Mm -hmm. um, With several important caveats that we'll obviously explore in a bit. Um, It's all really, really standard. It Mm -hmm. feels like a proper manifesto from the mid 2000s -hmm. you know it's plowing money towards the market while leaving the commanding heights firmly in the hand of capital and hoping that brexit fills in the kind of vision bit like Mm -hmm. lots of small policies but very little on in terms of what brexit actually means Mm -hmm. like it substitutes this sense like this it's got this faint strain of vigor running Mm -hmm. through it that they think brexit will fill in the gaps yeah as to what they think the country will be but of course they can't actually agree what Brexit is yeah. even the most die-hard ones can't agree properly what Brexit, what Brexit means um, and as I said it's, it's, it's still quite long to try and uh, plough through the whole thing so there's very little that unifies it but I think I've identified three basic uh, like tactics that these policies mm. are, are, are cohering around, three tactics that they're designed to they're seemingly like the policies are designed to fulfil and to understand the better, I've got a little framing device lifted from a little film called The Prestige.
2: Every magic trick consists of three parts, or acts. The first part is called The Pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. He shows you this object Perhaps he asked you to inspect it. Do you see, that is it indeed real? Yeah, I do no.
0: But of course, It probably isn't. Prestige is also kind of fitting, seeing as it's a film about. Uh, spoilers. Um, a, an Aristo who pretends to be a vigorous American who repeatedly owns himself on stage while trying to appease Victorian masses. So, yeah, a little bit fitting. Um, so, yeah, first policy type that's mm-hmm. in this manifesto we have the pledge, right? These are. Things that seemingly have been on every manifesto since probably about 1987. Okay. They're always in everything. They're promised by every party, every time. They appear normal, but really they're just normal because no one expects them to be, to be fulfilled. They're just, you're just expected, they're just to kind of take up space and, and spend time in anticipation of them being fulfilled. You know, they're they're things like um more money for the NHS. Mm-hmm. Like standard. Everybody, everybody yeah. always does always that. No it. one says they're going to cut it. Probably mm. since I mean Thatcher and, yeah. you know, I've never studied um eighties manifestos in that in that much depth other than the like um the nineteen eighty three Labour one. But um yeah. If if they do it, it's fine, no one will notice. Yeah. If not, the same promise will be back next yeah. election. Um yeah. So you've got uh, more cops, more nurses, um, unprecedented levels of NHS spending, education spending, um, which is amazing how much money seems to be promised every year, and yet the service degrades, and they don't actually seem to be spending any more money. Um, So you've got uh, a triple lock on personal taxation, no increase in the rates of income tax, national insurance or VAT, standard Tory Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, On Brexit, um, they're going to put the withdrawal agreement... Um, through Parliament before Christmas and leave the EU in January, negotiate a trade agreement with the EU 27 next year and refuse to extend the Brexit transition period beyond the end of 2020. Hmm. That's not long enough. No. That appears to not be... like There's no trade treaty with the EU that's going to be finished by the end of next year mm-hmm. because presumably it also has to pass Parliament unless mm. they're just going to shove it through which, well, I mean, which <laughs> keeps insane. Given well, I mean, given the state of like parliament as it normally operates, a majority is usually enough to just pass anything through. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? Like mm-hmm. we've said before Parliament the operation of Parliament has been permanently compromised by the fact that party discipline has largely broken down. Yeah. And it's a body that re- requires that kind of swift executive action to, mm-hmm. to get anything through. So uh, that seems that seems weird. Uh, On spending commitments, they are going to fund day-to-day spending through taxation while increasing borrowing to, quote, invest thoughtfully and responsibly in infrastructure. Public debt is to be lower than the last parliament. Okay, Hmm. that's not spending more, because you don't have to borrow. Public sector net investment not to average more than 3%. If debt interest reaches 6% of annual revenue, we will reassess our plans to keep debt under control. Boom. There we go. Austerity isn't over. That's still austerity. That's public debt trumps um, public services, poverty, living conditions. All of that stuff. Austerity still exists. Yeah. The way it has been framed is bullshit. It's not over. Um, They would enshrine the long-term funding plan for the NHS in law, presumably, no matter what it is. Yeah. Because they don't say what their long-term funding plan is. They just say whatever it happens to be then, if it conflicts with public debt. Hmm. Um, build a northern powerhouse rail line between uh, Leeds and Manchester, invest in the Midlands Rail Hub, strengthening links between Birmingham, Leicester, and Nottingham, uh, launch the biggest pothole filling program. That's the only real one that they haven't really how come ex- across how before. expensive
1: the pothole thing is. Like, it's a really expensive pothole thing. Yeah. And it's obviously it's like, it's like 90 billion. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. An, it's an absurd amount of money, and it is literally just. ...aimed at a very small group of people.
0: It's to keep the super green supercars running. Yeah, it's like... To keep my dick running. <laughs> it's like, let's Do you know anyone who complains about potholes who's under 50? To be fair, right, I've just started driving lessons. I'm <laughs> n- I'm, I live in a place now where you can't get parking, so I'm not going to own a car. Yeah. Um. But I'm taking driving lessons to, like, learn how to drive. Potholes are annoying... But they're not like the worst thing. But there are—it's—it's it's one of those like overgrown hedge policies yeah. that it means disproportionately more to a certain kind of person with yeah. petty grievances, yeah. Or or, or bins stuff yeah. like that. You know, it's—it's it's part of that whole policy policy package. Which more important? Well, yeah. Everyone cares about bins. <laughs> um, they're going to invest in roads, rail, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They just they make said, grand they spending the same policies. For yeah. Ages. Um, and to create a 350 million pound cycling infrastructure fund to support commuter cycling routes and it's like you're going to revamp all of this at the same time when actually you need to kind of be getting cars off the road yeah. so you know mm. it's 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 standard you promise a certain amount of money to everything all at once Boris has finally got the power though to finally push through with that idea
1: from when he was mayor of the swimming in the canal to get to work. Oh, what was it?
0: Fuck. Where it was, was it?
1: Where was it from? It was through um, fr- 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 the East Tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> it was like <laughs> yeah. I think it was like from King's Cross down. Like swimming, it was swimming in the canal, and it was like it was an amazing idea because you swim
0: in the canal because you open a canal, of and then that's a way for people to like, swim to work. Like,
1: even if you like. It's like spoiler alert for people who aren't from London, but also live near a canal. Our canals are just as disgusting as everywhere else. <laughs> but you know, so swimming in them. And then they had the the best plan was, um, like in the winter, they'd put a microfiber, um, like a cloth, across it, so it would freeze across the top, so you could skate. <laughs> that was like some some. So I'm gonna assume some mad person who like bitch this to well the, no to, to the be Myers fair office. he
0: had just come out of uh, watching Frozen <laughs> I, just to, I just want to skate everywhere <laughs> yeah. it's such a good idea now we don't have a princess who can make ice with her hands <laughs> but
1: uh, it's one of those things that I, it's always going to be in the back of my head forever of whenever they're talking about what to do with transport in London it's like oh, yeah, I remember they talked about that for a bit actually just expecting people to swim to work <laughs> in Britain <laughs>
0: In a dirty... Cutout. Listen, after we've left the EU, we're going to have to really up our game. So everything's going to have to move a little bit faster. So we're all going to be luging. <laughs> luging to work. Giant sky luges. As far as the eye can see. People hurtling down them. Yeah. 30% of people breaking their necks. Yeah, that
1: sounds all right.
0: Um, their final... Like, the final thing I've put in this, mm. in this section is kind of... Um, Introduce a firmer and fairer Australian-style points-based immigration system. Oh, they've, they've been talking about this for years. They, they've spent so long because, presumably, having an Australian-style immigration system, they can't actually find an island to put all the uh, to intern all the unwanted refugees
1: um, like sorry.
0: the Australian system does. Um, or they just
1: let them drown. <laughs> also, it doesn't work in the way that they say it does. Uh, but it's no. lucky they can keep on saying that. Because there's no Australians here, and the media just can't find a single Australian to talk to about it. Because, you know, how could you expect the media to talk to someone? Um,
0: Yeah, they list a a few facets of this. Uh, Require most people to have a clear job offer before they can come. Reduce the number of lower-skilled immigrants and the number of people coming into the country overall. So it's like, in another part, they also say they'll uh, increase the seasonal agricultural workers scheme. Uh, that they 're piloting from two thousand five hundred to ten thousand now this was like a mm. that was like a bush era thing mm-hmm. that I remember um coming up which was offering seasonal short term yeah. visas to um whatever they would call unskilled workers yeah. um to come and pick crops because of course for all of the baiting about immigration for all of the um, for the position that it 's taken within our politics and our culture, they still need mm-hmm. and like, a number of hands in order Mm -hmm. to do the agricultural work that our infrastructure just can't have British people doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, treat EU and non-EU immigrants equally, including not allowing them to access unemployment and other benefits for the first five years. Ah, finally, equality achieved (laughs) in terms of what you can't have. Um, ensure immigrants contribute to the NHS, introduce an NHS visa to fast-track entry for qualified doctors, actively recruit leaders in the field to come to the UK including the best technology and science graduates and winners of top scientific prizes. Um, Almost tempted to put this in our last section, which is truly horrendous for Tory policies, because it will be horrendous. It's a Tory immigration policy. Mm -hmm. They would like to keep, having immigration as an issue that they can stoke up with yeah. any future uh, Labour government, yeah. while also allowing low-paid uh, immigrants to come in and fund their businesses for them, yeah. to profit for their businesses yeah. for them. Yeah, they get to have both. Um, it doesn't, you know, it it any immigration solution solved that the, the right come in to finally get tough on and solve mm-hmm. doesn't. Because they require a soft, pliant workforce yep. in order to in order to crack down on them, and this does exactly that. It, um, there'll still be immigrants for you to get angry at, but it's all right because you'll have the political and economic power to completely crush them.
1: Yeah,
0: it's fucking gross. Um, so that's standard everyday policies. Mm-hmm. That's the pledge. That's showing you the normal thing and making you check that it's normal. Yeah. standard. Next, we have the turn. The second act is called The turn.
2: The magician takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. you're looking for the secret but you won't find it because of course you're not really looking
0: you don't really want to know
2: want to be fooled
0: so I liked
1: the creepy sound effects as well... ...because I couldn't get rid of them... ...but I think it all goes, goes nicely with yeah. like... ...here is the Tory manifesto... ...lightning from the cracks...
0: <laughs> ...they write it in stone... ...they put it down on the mountain... ...and then the, uh, the lightning arcs down... <laughs> ...to carve it into the stone... Um, ...the turn... ...I've chosen to interpret this... Mm. ...as policy announcement... ...designed to masquerade as, pro- as proper policy... Mm-hmm. ...but that's so conditional... ...and so caveated... ...that it's almost worthless... This isn't bland, meaningless stuff. It can be, but most of it is not bland, meaningless stuff. It's meant to be attractive. In order to understand whether it could be implemented, Mm. you would have to suspend yourself in a vacuum, not consider the history of the people who are proposing it, the ideology of the party that's proposing it. You would have to basically come at this as if you'd never read or seen anything about the Mm. Tories before. Now, this stuff is the kind of thing that will get reported as part of the Tory package. News outlets will say things like, Oh, duh, 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 and as well as mm-hmm. free school dinners or you yeah know, something like that. Um, but it's important to remember that there's no way that journo's can actually test these policies mm-hmm. because they're dependent on additional factors that can physically only happen after they're in power. Yeah, right. So, for instance, they have. Uh, we placed a moratorium on fracking in England with immediate effect. Having listened to local communities, we have ruled out changes to the planning system. We will not support fracking unless the science shows categorically that it can be done safely. Now, what do you think is the chance that the science will be fine look, in time for them to resume fracking?
1: Look, just because some scientists say it's bad, this scientist known as... His, he's like, he is a proper scientist. He's a hobby scientist, but... Jory Bonson. Is, um, no, he's Bonson. No, he's so diggingly muchly. We'll call him that. Um, that li- that,
0: li- that lightning in that last clip was him doing his science experiments? Yeah, it was him doing science. I don't know why he needed lightning and a giant dark <laughs> castle and all of those body parts. <laughs>
1: Firing lightning straight into the ground.
0: Trying to breed the fir- perfect, scandal-free girlfriend. <laughs>
1: This is the only thing we need to make Boris indestructible. A scandal-free girlfriend that can keep his attention for longer than five minutes and can't get pregnant. (laughs) Uh,
0: Another policy. We will support clean transport to ensure, ensure clean air, as well as setting strict new laws on air quality. We will consult on the earliest date by which we can phase out the sale of new conventional petrol and diesel cars. What is the chance that that date will be something like 2050, yeah. when the initial environmental uh, like targets mm. are meant to come up. Mm. In the meantime, we're we'll fucking doom the planet. Yeah. There's no chance that they're going against the the car industry and car drivers generally, yeah. which I think is probably the angriest block in the country. Um, if you're talking about a sectional interest based solely on the inter- like a hobby yeah, or, or, you, or you not, you not hobby but like, a, like a, lifestyle with, think,
1: with though, the pothole like. stuff and Brexit, it's like a car driving. Brexit, demanding yeah man who hates potholes because the potholes do so much damage to the suspension on his classic car
0: yeah. Uh, we will require the owners of Heathrow to show it can meet air quality and noise requirements for the third runway to go ahead, and that the project <laughs> will get no new public funding. <laughs>
1: it's, like, it's like, so can it? And it holds up bits of paper.
0: It's good. Yeah, it just says it's good again. What's the betting that? No, yeah, they will totally get that. They, t- they have mm-hmm. totally shown that. That's mm-hmm. not even the government trying to prove something that it wants. That's mm-hmm. a, the literal owner of Heathrow's trying to prove something to a government that wants it, that it wants it. The, the idea,
1: like, the, the, in, the, in my head, the, the owner of Heathrow... He's got quite severe tinnitus because, you know, he lives at Heathrow. Mr. Heathrow. And, yeah, Mr. Heathrow. And he can't hear a thing. And he's like, I can't hear anything. It's fine. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what I do. As quiet as a
0: summer's day. Yep. <laughs> in Hounslow. I used to live in Hounslow and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. That was very uh, bad. That was, that was awesome. I, I got t- selective tinnitus every 30 seconds <laughs> just because that's how quickly they would come over. Yeah. Come over my house. Um, again, Boris is the person who, when mayor... Um, intentionally left air detectors broken on Oxford mm. Street so that they wouldn't repeatedly fail air quality standards mm. and therefore incur an EU fine. Also, he was going to lie down in front of the in front of the just... Oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's one of the reasons why they hate him in his constituency.
0: I just, I just assume that Boris has promised a bit of everything at some point. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: change planning rules so infrastructure such as schools and GP surgeries have to be built before housing no mention anywhere in the manifesto about new school building there's one line that says and we will continue to build free schools mm-hmm. and it's like well okay is that going to oh no it's not because mm-hmm. you know the levels of planning are on a local level and there's no way you're stopping the house building juggernaut no again you're pretending that you're taking a science based approach mm-hmm. to a core sectoral support For the system as it currently... As it Mm. currently exists. You know? Uh, This is a big one. Restore many of the rail lines closed down during the beaching cuts. Reconnecting small towns. Reconnecting smaller towns such as Fleetwood and Willenhall that have suffered permanent disadvantage since they were removed from the rail network in the 1960s. The amount of money allocated Mm. for this massive, massive rail buildings programme. £500 billion. That's not wow. Uh... Just for clarity, the beaching Cuts closed more than 5,000 miles of tracks and more than 1,500 stations between 1964 and 1970. There was an article in the Somerset County Gazette where they um, consulted with like a railway engineer uh, who estimated that £500 million would cover the cost, about the cost of reopening 25 miles of track. So perhaps they meant just the railways to those two marginal <laughs> constituencies. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, continue on the railways. The railways need accountability, not nationalisation, so we will end the complicated franchising model and create a simpler, more effective rail system, including giving metro mayors control over the services in their areas. I mean, giving councils more control over local services might have been a good idea had they not completely gutted council mm-hmm. funding with everything they've been doing for the past decade. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's just so, like local councils was always Cameron's answer for everything because it was a way of dumping responsibility for the harrowing fucking austerity regime mm-hmm. onto people who happened to be geographically closer to the people who they were affecting mm-hmm. and act as some kind of like local lightning rod. I mean, admittedly, like, yeah, another like the good transport infrastructure of other countries, like even like small towns in Germany have like subway systems and metro systems, tram systems, stuff like that, but they were built kind of a long time ago, after, well, after the Second World War and most of the you know, town centres were bombed. Yeah. So they need massive capital investment that has to come from central government yeah. if it's not coming from private concerns, which, of course, again, is the other band-aid. Mm-hmm. It fits their ideology for it to come from private investment and for those private investments to basically install themselves as rent-seeking parasites. Yeah. But, of course, then you also can't blame central government because it's like, we left it to them.
1: Looking forward to going to some town in the Midlands and riding on the McDonald's metro that only goes between all the different McDonald's.
0: (laughs) Actually, fair play. That would be be pretty good. It would be pretty useful for me, actually.
1: Yeah, it would be disgusting.
0: (laughs) Um, I will say at this point, there's a bit of an addition to the three-part structure because I couldn't work out how to fit it in. There's a a novelty in this Tory manifesto, which is policies that they've either stolen from the Lib Dems (laughs) or stolen from Labour and amended it a little bit to troll them. Okay. (laughs) Right? This is stuff that they've copied. They've modified it just enough that on paper it looks much cheaper, but also the fact that it's cheaper makes it completely undoable. It's technically part of the turn, I guess. It's like, you know, making something that's real into something that's not real. Um, This kind of stuff, I reckon, I mean, it, it kind of receives moderate to high amounts of coverage by journalists because they like to do the tanks on Labour's lawn, this is a new kind of Tory party they will act like these policies are in any way meaningful despite being similar to the the policies that they trashed from Labour two weeks ago they're always advertised like I say as cheaper but they lack some component from Labour's manifesto and so remain market based and and full of holes Uh, also an important thing about how these policies will go down because the press have already covered them in whatever mm-hmm. f- capacity they may have done there will be it will be old news there will be absolutely no scrutiny over how possible they are yeah so the 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 headline one was the um uh bring full fiber broadband to every home and business by 2025 including setting aside £5 billion to connect premises where it wouldn't be commercially viable. So, basically, Five the same, billion much. so basically, yeah, basically the same as Labour's broadband policy, except crucially, not free and no public control. So it's a handout to business to do, yeah. to encourage them to do the thing that they don't want to do, yeah. that they should be doing anyway, that yeah. would be a lot cheaper in the long run if you actually just, just did it. brought it into public ownership yeah. and did it. Um, one so they copied off the Lib Dems. I'm not sure how similar it is, actually, but... Bring in a better deal for renters, including abolishing no fault evictions and requiring one lifetime deposit that moves with the tenant.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, because the, the landlords had like, yeah, we'll give you a loan.
0: Here, have this unsecured loan. Also, person abolishing
1: abolishing no fault eviction. What's the bet that they'll abolish no fault eviction? But being taught like. Talk back, talking back, will be classed as like that's a reason to be evicted. Yeah, complaining about light bulbs—that's a reason to be evicted. <laughs> complaining about limb. the heating, yeah, complaining about the heating being off—that's a paddling. <laughs> It'll be that kind of stuff. It's <laughs> like, oh look, you're, the boiler's broken and it's December. Can you fix it, please? Like, sorry, going to have to evict you.
0: Ensure <laughs> um, workers have the right to request a more predictable contract, which is. Please sir, can I not have a zero hours contract? Yeah. Same as the Lib Dems. Yeah. We talked about it last last time, wasn't it? We yeah. did the Lib Dems. Um, that asking is not enough. It ignores mm-hmm. the massive power differential in between the employer and the employee and the fact that if they refuse to not if they refuse to go on a zero hours contract, they can be sacked. Yeah. Or they don't get the job. Mm-hmm. I would say that's obvious to anyone who's actually ever <laughs> held a job. Hmm. Um They've got crackdown on tax evasion and avoidance, including passing a new law doubling the prison term to 14 years for individuals convicted of the worst forms of tax fraud. Note the two key words in that Mm. sentence. Individuals convicted. Mm -hmm. How many are convicted and how many do a deal with the HNRC? And... Tax fraud, which is not the same as tax evasion. Yeah. So it sounds, it sounds like you're good. cracking down on yeah. tax avoiders, yeah. but actually the punitive element that's fleshed out is about tax fraud. Yeah. Uh, create a single enforcement body for labour standards, presumably trying to bring an, uh, make an in-house union that doesn't mm-hmm. strike.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: the main one that really aggravates me, this aggravated me last election, it'll aggravate me this time. Hospital car parking. Yeah. We will end unfair hospital car parking charges by making parking free for those in greatest need, including disabled people, frequent outpatient attenders, parents of sick children staying overnight, and staff working night shifts. This will eliminate costs for those in need while making sure there is enough space for everyone. And, like, the first thing you think of is, like, ah, yes, another layer of bureaucracy that actually is totally unenforceable other than by a very, very harsh regime of exclusion. Mm -hmm. Because, like frequent outpatients like there's loads of people most of the people in outpatients are frequent my mum is an outpatients nurse Mm. and yeah people come back to her for years Mm -hmm. because they have medical conditions that need to that are not going away they're not Mm -hmm. going to get better they need to constant checkups they need constant refills of of medication and, and, Mm -hmm. and things like that um and I can only imagine that this ends up with something like please go to www.deathdividend.com yeah. to, to secure yeah. your grief pass. Yeah. You know? We regret to inform you civil partnerships are not eligible yeah, for... To, to, well, to, just, you're not eligible to well, park it they, for
1: free. Even if civil partnerships you know? are, are fine. Um, there were... Last time I had to go to the hospital a lot, um, I, me and my wife weren't married then. Mm. And... There, were, there was a level of bureaucracy and complicatedness due to the fact that we weren't married for me to be able to help her, like, just bringing her stuff. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that would be, like, for parking or make... You know, just... It's... it's Let's means test it. We love means testing. Yeah. Just means test your so suffering.
0: A perfect technocrat Tory policy. Yeah. Maximum hassle and mm-hmm. an ability to turn people away at the door. Yeah. That's what they all, that's all they really want. They like we say about means testing and mm-hmm. people love bureaucracy. Now, yeah, there are some ultra-liberals who really love the idea of mm-hmm. means testing and te- like technology as a way out of having to make difficult decisions mm-hmm. about universal provision. But like what Tories want when they want that is they want the ability to yeah. have the, the velvet. velvet they want to have the velvet rope because with the velvet rope comes the twenty pound founder's founders tier of your yeah. grief pass <laughs> that yeah. you can pay twenty pounds to get priority parking like at the fucking airport yeah. because everything is a fucking airport to these
1: yeah frequent um, flyer
0: big old tier arseholes. People won't be applying for it.
1: No. Like if say like um you were eligible for it for like parking twice, say. Mm. You wouldn't bother sorting it out. If you're doing yeah. it, if you're doing it on the reg, yeah. then you'd start going down the, the process of whatever fucking horrible process it will be yeah. to get your grief pass. I just,
0: it's just the letters that you're going to get back in the post saying, I'm sorry, you are not eligible for the grief pass. Yeah. It's gross. I fucking hate it so much. Speaking of things I hate so much, now we're into the final tier. I can't stop saying the word tier. We're now in the final stage of Tory policy, the prestige. But you wouldn't clap yet. Because making something disappear isn't
2: enough you have to bring it back that's why every magic trick has a third act the hardest part the part we call
0: the prestige yeah
1: that's the side of Barstrad example
0: in my very, very loose analogy, the prestige is the stuff that they actively want to happen. They want to, we've got over the stuff that they want to trick you into thinking that they're good, sensible, <coughs> solid builders. And then we get into the dark shit, which reveals the kind of country they actually want. Yeah. This is the stuff that will receive next to no coverage, but is expressly brought in to cause pain and suffering to one group or another. And the worst part of it is because it's so small, because it's so specific, more specific than any of the policies they've had so far, it will get no coverage until maybe the third or fourth year Mm. of a Tory government. And then it will be like, oh, unseen consequences of this policy. It's not enough to make something disappear. It's not enough to cut. You have to put something horrible and evil back in its place. So... We will ban public bodies from imposing their own direct or indirect boycotts, disinvestment, or sanctions campaigns against foreign countries. These undermine community cohesions. So that's just firm cultural bullshit, yeah. solely, solely designed to undermine BDS. Yeah, that's now that's just the government making sure that
1: they um that they they don't sanction countries like Venezuela. Surely, does that mean? I mean, it's public. Surely, that's what it's going to be about. It's definitely not going to. It's definitely not just going to be aimed entirely. At Univ- like student unions <laughs> shit like that <laughs> they wouldn't just do that would they they wouldn't just do that they wouldn't have a whole bit of their policy designed specifically to attack one th-
0: a really small thing yeah um the Tories will be requiring that a minimum service operates during transport strikes mm-hmm. rail workers deserve a fair deal but it is not fair to let <clears> the trade unions undermine the livelihood of others it's just just Johnson setting old scores from when he was mayor yeah uh presumably that goes against i mean there must be no union legislation left like pro union legislation yeah. left so i mean maybe that will undermine it it will it will certainly cause more flashpoints as mm-hmm. you have the right to strike bashing up against the literal law mm-hmm. and you know how british people side when that comes down as yeah. opposed to a right a, yeah. a right versus the law um Empower police to target known knife carriers, making it easier for them to stop and search those convicted of knife crime. Chefs, Known knife carriers. Mm-hmm. Again, a way of getting stop and search, which they go back and forth on that. They say, oh no, I tr- I, it doesn't work and I'm going to crack down on it when they're in the liberal phase of trying to get elected. Yeah, they
1: haven't said that for a long time. No, they haven't said that for like at least a
0: I want to... No, no, I, they no, no, they absolutely have. Theresa May talked about... Uh, Lowering the amount of uh, stop and search. I think that was only to when take she that. was only, be- only because she hated the police. Uh, maybe, yeah, and it was absolutely. To make them
1: sad because the police really like to. They really like stop and searches. Like they really like schemes. because
0: it's the thing that they get to do that asserts yeah. their power.
1: Yeah, it makes them get to feel big.
0: Yeah. Um, this is this is like kind of the, the I think one of the worst things. We will tackle unauthorised traveller camps. We will give the police new powers to arrest and seize the property and vehicles of trespassers who set up unauthorised encampments in order to protect our communities. We will make intentional trespass a criminal offence. We will also give counters- councils greater powers within the planning system. Now this was presented in the part of the Make Our Country Safe section. <laughs> along with foreign policy and general policing. It's, I mean, look, shitting. And persecuting the travelling community is almost a Tory tradition by this point. It's it's always it's, a in, it's always in, yeah, true. It, but it's in every Tory manifesto. Um, firm and savage racial discrimination aimed at the only completely acceptable prejudice, racial prejudice that's left. Yeah, you'd get you get recrimination for almost everything else and a social kind of awkwardness and and at least some restriction on it. Yeah, you never get any of that among. No. about anti-traveller racism no. it's it's fucking gross pretty patel even announced in november that uh she was proposing giving the police new powers to arrest members of gypsy roma and travel roma and traveller communities and seize their homes on public or private land and it becomes a criminal offence to stop anywhere in the uk without prior permission neoliberal britain do not stop keep going What's keep the moving betting
1: that okay my mum lives in um, she has a Winnebago thing. Yeah. And, you know, they stop in service stations all the time. Mm. What's the betting that that one isn't going to be taken away?
0: <laughs> it's a, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a continuation of the anti rave legislation, yeah. anti new age travellers legislation mm-hmm. that happened in like 1994 and 1995. Yeah. It's for all of their, like, Cameroonian makeover. There's yeah. some bits. And how
1: often Boris has said that it's There's a one nation. He keeps get on get saying off. one nation Tory manifesto. He keeps on saying one yeah. nation because he they've cottoned on to the fact that the stupidest liberals think that one nation Tory is a thing. Yeah, and they think says, it's in any way meaningful. Yeah, and he can say it, and they're like, "Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I do quite like Ken Clark. <laughs> you know, they say that, yeah. and then it's like, "Oh, maybe after
0: And also uh, in the putting a law against intentional trespass... Yeah. Who does that hit? Podcast official sponsor, Benno. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It, it but, not Because really intentional trespass... Well, intentional trespass is... Um, he's, he's our man on, is he? on the ground. He's our, our mascot. No, not mascot. That's the No, man on the ground. He's like a... Um, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> roving you know, reporter. Mostly roving to the top of cranes. Yeah. And empty buildings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they would introduce new legislation to ta- tackle vexatious legal claims against veterans... This is solely to absolve mm-hmm. soldiers caught up in it's war like crimes, war crimes well. tribunals in Northern Ireland. Yeah. yeah. It's, it was gross when they did it, and it's yeah. gross when they yeah. did
1: it's it. It's disgusting.
0: They're, after 30 years, mm-hmm. they're finally getting in front of, of trials for shooting British citizens dead. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make a huge, big thing about is- being a British citizen as if that couldn't happen to any of us, yeah. but it did actually happen to actual British citizens mm-hmm. on British soil.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's just fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. They were heroes who shot civilians yeah. in the back, dead. Yeah. I fucking... It's just <laughs> classic. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> this was a bit of a weird one, actually. It's nowhere near as... as it's transparently evil, but it has incredible consequences. As part of our commitment to making the most of the opportunities of Brexit and levelling up their nation, we will create up to ten free ports around the UK, benefiting some of our most deprived community. We will aim to ensure that our new free ports benefit the people in each of the four nations. We believe that there are many places across the UK that have the opportunity to be successful, innovative hubs for global trade. Do you know what a free port is? Macau. (laughs) Basically, yes. Um, It's very, very similar to the special economic zone set up by China in the Deng Xiaoping uh, era in the 80s. So So it's basically local coastal
1: towns and like turn them into like suspend
0: laws. They're basically going to turn them into private kingdoms. Nice. Which is, you know, fairly standard for capitalism's operating thing. It's like, we've got all these laws to ensure, like, frictionless trade and something, yeah. but it's not quite enough. I still need to be able to pay a man pennies. <laughs>
1: yeah. You've given me everything, but I still want some sprinkles.
0: I pay £200,000 in tax on my £70 million fortune, but it's just too much.
1: But I've got nowhere to park my yacht.
0: <laughs> um. Finally, in the uh, in the shit policies arena we have their constitutional arrangements the things that they're going to do about parliament we will get rid of the fixed term parliaments act it has led to paralysis at the time the country needed decisive action fair play it has we will ensure we have updated and equal parliamentary boundaries making sure that every vote counts the same a cornerstone Mm -hmm. of democracy Mm -hmm. gerrymandering again Mm -hmm. again because it happened in 2011. Yeah,
1: I've seen some of those The drawings. first
0: fucking thing they did when they came in was gerrymander the fucking boundaries. Yeah,
1: those boundaries are fucking crazy. Yeah. Some of the shapes of them. <laughs> it's like the shape of the... It's like the chapman ellsford one. That's a particularly... That's a particularly interesting shape. And it's a particularly... It's an interesting constituency that covers, um, like, the Weedswood estate where I grew up and also bits of Ellsford that I didn't see until I was in my 30s with thatched roofs and shit
0: listen this is jazz democracy you've got to look at the votes they're not counting okay. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, we will continue to support the first past the post system of voting as it allows voters to kick out politicians who don't deliver both locally and nationally I don't mm. understand in what way there's no automatic return <laughs> thing for MPs that's nonsense we will protect the integrity of our democracy by introducing identification to vote at polling stations, stopping postal vote harvesting, and measures to prevent any foreign interference in elections. What's Voter this, ID again?
1: Are they going to say what they say? They're going to say passports because that would really bite them in the, bite them in the ass. Because there's a whole bunch of old Tories who don't have passports <laughs> that I think they seem to be forgetting.
0: But I think more importantly, old Tories are exactly the kind of people who have the time and money in order to get get, passports if they need them. And you know it's not going to be as simple as that. You know there's going to be a special citizens card that will cost, won't be a huge amount, but it will be over like, it'll be like £35. The kind of thing that you have to think twice about in a month if you're going to get it. Definitely. We will make it easier for British expats to vote in parliamentary elections and get rid of the arbitrary 15 years limits on their voting rights. (laughs) Great. Yeah. The expat community, always known for really understanding Britain in its modern incarnation. Definitely not pining for a certain more monochrome past.
1: My dad lives, he spends a big chunk of the year in Benidorm and he has nothing but positive things to say about the English people who've lived there for 15 years. (laughs) He has nothing but really positive, nice things. They are all, they've got their finger on the pulse... They know exactly what's going on in Britain and what Britain needs and all this stuff. And they obviously, they care about Britain because that's why they never come back.
0: You know what they say about Englishmen in Dubai. They have <laughs> ripen. They become better. Yeah.
1: Get redder. You can't deny votes from these round red men.
0: But for some reason, they will also maintain the voting age at 18. Good, good. Yep. We will ensure that no one is put off engaging in politics or standing in an election by threats, harassment or abuse, whether in person or online. Ah, good. Just what we need. Vague threats.
1: Okay. But what's the Vague okay, threats so...
0: to talk about the interaction between public figures yeah. and and. In
1: the last week, people. we've had Labour canvassers being physically attacked. And we've also had someone write actual true facts on the Conservative Party office mm-hmm. in Chingford. Which one... Are they going to treat more seriously? They're going to treat the one in Chingford more which seriously. Ones are
0: equivalent, equivalent. Yeah, they're going to just they, they treat them as equivalent, which is the worst. Mm-hmm. That's even worse. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because you know what? The, the, the stuff that was written on um, in Duncan Smith's office, it's all true. Yeah, he's a murderer. He's yeah. a murderer's party. He has murderers. taken
0: his part in the literal, mur- in the social murder of hmm. one hundred and twenty thousand people. More than that, now. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, that was a that... figure from a while ago, but it, it...
1: yeah.
0: <sighs> We will champion freedom of expression and tolerance both in the UK and overseas. That means forcing unis to host fascists and bombing countries. Freedom of expression means bombing countries. Remember that. Colour revolutions and bombing
1: countries. Bombing countries and then being forced to have Marlonopoulos explain to you why it was right to bomb that country.
0: (laughs) Uh, to report f- to support free speech we will repeal section 40 of the Crime and Courts Act which seeks to coerce the press we will not proceed with the second stage of the Leveson inquiry so the section 40 thing is forcing newspapers to cover the legal costs in a claimant in a libel case yeah. I mean it's a, probably a good step but considering the other social pressures on newspapers probably isn't as significant as you might think does help protect smaller outlets from uh, libel cases that could bankrupt them they might just retract instead of undertaking mm. a libel case that might not, the claimant might not win, but the risk is yeah. that they would have to end up paying legal fees for both sides. So, whatever. Levison 2, on the other hand, that was the investigation of mm. the links between journalists and the police and mm-hmm. payments thereof. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course they're not going to do that. No. Uh, we will update the Human Rights Act.
1: Good update. That means upgrade. Yes, surely that makes well, it
0: better. Th- what they're going to ensure that there no is. No one's
1: a- ever had an update on their phone that's made things worse. <laughs> surely this will be just like that.
0: There is. Yes? We, we will ensure that there is a proper balance between the rights of individuals, our vital national security, mm-hmm. and effective government. Mm-hmm. We will ensure that judicial review is available to protect the rights of the individual against an overbearing state, like Northern Irish citizens yeah. who were shot in the back by veterans. This Um, is maybe
1: like it's going to be like with you know the the getting in the way of governance. It's because that guy who screams "Stop Brexit," they just want to have him hanged. (laughs) (laughs) He's running for the Dems, isn't he? Is he really?
0: Uh, Matches matches up. Um, While ensuring that it is not abused to conduct politics by another means or to create needless delays, that is politics by another means is essentially stopping them cracking down on human rights if it serves their political agenda so yeah. which means excluding particular groups and probably travellers yeah. as part of that mm-hmm. but mainly the government must retain the ability to exclude mm-hmm. groups or people that it doesn't want to yeah. it doesn't want to give full rights to that's all that means it's a culture warship mm-hmm. just classic i mean just one nation Tory stuff Like, as a whole, I don't want to sound like the stereotype of a Blairite PR man, but there really is no big story. I had to invent a bullshit framing device (laughs) just in order to explain exactly how light this this Tory manifesto is. I mean, it's sort of a return to zero manifesto for the Tories because they're letting Brexit do all the heavy vision lifting for them. You know, they don't need a big vision because Brexit, which is still undefined as to exactly what it's going to be. And by the way, all the stuff that Labour have been pushing about the US trade deal is probably the best way of actually getting the Tories to, like, holding the Tories accountable for what they're doing with Brexit yeah. and making people realise the huge amount of manoeuvre, like, space they have to manoeuvre
1: yeah.
0: within this undefined Brexit. It's kind of an interesting time for them because obviously Brexit is going to go on for several years, it's going to be the stand-in for what should be the end of the Tory party in its current incarnation That what happened with as far back as Thatcher even the, the reconfiguration of the Tory party from like an Aristo party to a petty bourgeois party um, has gone through several phases and now they have no idea big enough left because they've won everywhere, Yeah, they have no idea that can unite Enough of an electoral coalition to form the basis of what's coming next, so they've got only the most spiteful, mm-hmm. vicious members of the of the bourgeoisie backing them now, the sort yeah. of like pretty patel level, yeah, you know um. It's just a fake big idea that they're just trusting to carry them through because it can be anything to anybody. It encompasses traditionalism. It encompasses free market, random stuff. It encompasses, as you can see in this, funding for extra funding for like uh, childcare services at the same time as you're arresting travellers yeah. for existing. Yeah. It can be anything it wants to be. So to finish up, we're going from pure malevolence to studied... Calculated indifference. Yep. I'm going to talk about quick, quickly about a Suzanne Moore article. Uh, it's a, maybe a week old, titled "Why Vote? You're just clinging to a wrecked system." Okay, we're only going to do one of these because this is depressed. Is she depressed hates, she both sides
1: because the one time she did stand up in standard election, she lost massively.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so it starts. I am sitting with old friends around a table. We start talking. Attention about- needed. We start talking about the election. No no one is enthused. My my friends are mostly going to vote Labour. It's what they do. They are unhappy about it. A couple may go Lib Dem. They are all ardent Remainers. I feel as if I should be somewhere else, that somehow, while these are decent people trying to do the right thing, they are no longer my people. They are being forced to vote for politicians they do not trust, and to reduce their complex, well-thought-out beliefs. Yeah, (laughs) I bet. Well, that's democracy, you might say. Them's the breaks. I say, break it more. Break it down. Okay? What? Are we... Are we really trying to defend Stoke Newington thought in all its well-thought-out complexity now? Suzanne Moore thought, you know, things like saying that the desired body for women is that of a Brazilian transsexual, and why the left lost the battle for Englishness, and why the modern world is so smelly, and why I hate emojis, and all of the vast tapestry of Suzanne Moore thought. They're just too complex to be reduced down to a binary system. <laughs> they really are. I was mean, like... What does it mean, break it down? If you mean the voting system, it's like, yeah, sure, you can have legit complaints about mm-hmm. the first-past-the-post system and all that. But it's like, I have a feeling that that's not the entirety of, of what this no. is about. I'll continue. Voting can no longer be a tribal, class pra- class-based enterprise. I once bribed my working-class mother not to vote Tory. That's class war for you. What? A little background. Suzanne Moore used to write for Marxism Today, which was kind of an in- the in-house magazine of the Communist Party of Great Britain, mm. but ended up as sort of like a fairly open like discussion forum for a lot of like post-68 uh, luminaries, people like um, Stuart Hall, Eric Hobsbawm, and Tony Blair. Mm. <laughs> he did, yeah. seriously. He wrote an article yeah. for Marxism Today. Um, I mean, maybe she's right. Maybe post-capitalism has advanced to a point where groups are more important than classes, but like... Say that then mm-hmm. what 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 groups are you part of the grumpy guardian columnist, yeah, at least zero point six in any percent <laughs> in any election you choose to stand in. Um, also, yeah, fuck that shit about like old lefties talking about their Tory parents. Mm. Oh, you've got Tory parents. We've all got fucking Tory parents. Yeah. You know, you have, I have, we all fucking have. <laughs> Stop acting like you're some martyr on the cross that you have to deal with Tories all day. Yeah. Especially when you write for the Daily Mail, the actual Daily Mail. Yeah. Not the Mail Online or anything <laughs> like that. It's fucking hell. Uh, but before you start the lecture about people having died for my right to vote. You should know that that has the same effect on me as arguing I should eat food because I hate because children are starving in Africa. Stop. I live in a safe Labour seat. How I vote doesn't matter in this first past the post system. I mean, yeah. I stop a running at it. <laughs> Your vote doesn't matter, but also, you're a Guardian bi weekly or weekly columnist. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying you have a gigantic persuasive reach,
1: no.
0: you have more than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Like,. Bemoaning the fact you don't know who to vote for. Oh, yeah,
1: fuck. there's like a the f- a thing a recurring thing like because there was she wasn't the only person who started pushing no, this bullshit. Yeah. And there's so many of them, and it like comes back to that politically homeless fucking bollocks of like, oh, we're having to hold our nose and vote for something we don't like. And it's like, what do you think my entire fucking life has yeah. been? I have ne- like the last time I voted Labour for for Corbyn was the first time <laughs> that I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, these people.
0: Oh. She continues, And it's actually my right to vote for none of the above. To register my disgust. Jeez. How you vote only matters if you live in a marginal seat. Just draw dicksicles. That's what we used to do. Again. We didn't like what we to vote for. You have a national column. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to lie and say that like a lot of people are resting on Suzanne Morethought yeah. in order to work out how to vote. But... It's still an opinion that is vastly dwarfs anyone else. Mm-hmm. Start thinking of you, Like, all of her columns have this, like, conceit that she's just like everybody else. Yeah. And, like, sure, that's a way to go, but you're not.
1: No.
0: You are actively a member of the liberal intelligentsia, mm-hmm. whether you like to pretend you are or not. Um, and what is your disgust, like, based on? Is it just having a moan? I haven't heard one single thing other than vaguely alluding to the fact that the first part of the whole system is broken. Yeah. It's like, well, do something else then. Like, yeah. go for a protest movement. What's, what's, your, what's, your, what's your thing? Oh, yeah. remaining. Right, okay, yeah. yeah, fine. I mean, unless your access... Her access to that world is at such a high that it's forced this, like, complete myopia and this complete blindness mm. to what's actually at stake in this election that hasn't been at stake for a long time. Yeah. You might not believe, Corbyn, that he is going to come in and enact the measures in the way that he says he is. As much as anything, this is the first election in a long time where it hasn't been about the amount of money that they're spending on systems that funnel money to the management class and the ownership class. Yeah. This is actually an election that could transform the mechanism by which people relate to their world. And yeah, maybe he's fucking lying. Maybe it's a huge thing and he'll just come in and be Blair 2.0. Yeah. But what else have you got? Yeah. There's been nothing for decades mm-hmm. that comes close to that choice. Even the choice between, if you were that kind of person, a choice between Tory and even further right, doesn't offer you that choice. Mm-hmm. It's not in their DNA of their politics, of course. Yeah. But it's not a choice. They, if they came into power, they would like. Mm-hmm. If the BMP had come into power, they mm-hmm. would be funneling. They would also be funneling money yeah. to Group Four to intern migrants in yeah. Yoleswood. Yeah, I, I don't understand why you can't see that this is this is different and this politics has been different. It turns into something where I think you're complaining that politics are different that you can't just phone in.
1: Yeah,
0: that similar kind of thing of. Well, he presents very well, but what is David Cameron really about? That's why, as you've got all this focus on trust. Trust is a non-measurable, non-theorizable quality in someone. It's entirely individualistic. It's entirely personal, and it's entirely personality based. Mm -hmm. We saw what that got with Tony Blair and Mm -hmm. his particular style of, you know, trust me, Tony. Pretty, pretty straight guys was there was his his mantra early on, wasn't yeah. it? I'm a, I think people will find him a pretty straight guy. Look how that turned out. Yeah. Oh. She continues, as with the referendum, the electorate is being underestimated. More than three years after that vote, they understand that the system they are being asked to participate in is balked. The shutdown caused by Brexit cannot be fixed by more of the same. Right. Yeah. And? Like, you might mention the fact that there's literally no oversight in this... In this particular system, that if the Tories win when they go ahead, Brexit will be exactly what they want it to be. If they have a majority, yeah. everything will be how they want it to be because that's the system they set up. Mm-hmm. As opposed to getting bored with the choice you're offered once every five years. Mm-hmm. That's what she's actually annoyed about. She's annoyed that she has to pay attention. Yeah. Um, and and there's again this this thing that a lot of this era of of this 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 age age bracket, this certain particular type of centrist common commentator has, mm-hmm. which is what they hate is inertia. Mm-hmm. They don't like the idea that things aren't surface level exciting, and I mean, like I say, pretty clear, there is an alternative to this Bork system actually on offer at this election. Mm-hmm. Apathy might be read as radical alienation, an emotional understanding that neither party can deliver what they were promising. Ah, there we are. There we go. It's yep. that reassuring comfort blanket, just blind cynicism. Yeah. Like there there is a like I say, there is a line to this basic mistrust that promises are so regularly broken in politics that the there's a distance in post capitalism between politics between politicians and the people that rule, but also politicians and the actual levers of power that they are expected to wield, Yeah, right? There are real areas of social economic power that have grown between politicians and, and the economy and society. And if you're of this persuasion, you think that that's impossible to be bridged. But if that were the case, why anything? Why, yeah. why are you a political colonist? If you truly believed that this is completely unfixable... That's not cynical politics, that's cynical you. Mm. You would find something to bridge that gap in your understanding. Labour has a radical transformative programme. There are good individuals in the party, of course, and I'm hoping Ian Duncan Smith gets the Michael Portillo moment of this election. But I stand in solidarity with my Jewish friends and refuse the fake binary of austerity versus anti-Semitism. I can be against both. Actually, a leadership that cannot manage anti-Semitism or rampant misogyny and is enthralled to charmers such as Len McCluskey is not. The familiar. rampant
1: misogyny thing is, gonna because is, like it wasn't that long ago, she did that article about how there's no women in the um, in the Labour front bench. Yeah, and it's like there's 50% women, yeah. and you've just ignored all the black ones. And you've just, you, you were just using it as an opportunity to say, why isn't Jess Phillips got a job? <laughs> Putting Suzanne Moore in the same bracket as Ian fucking Bone. That was a fucking shock
0: to <laughs> me. Which this week. was really weird. Yeah, Ian Bone is really likes Jess Phillips for some reason. I guess formative working class Rude. credentials, yeah. divor- divorced from any kind of structural understanding of power,
1: <laughs> has
0: its consequences. <laughs> um, it's also so typical. Like, this attitude is so typical. Now, I'm not going to weigh in on anti-Semitism because mm-hmm. we haven't done that on this podcast. I don't feel equipped to fully go into it unless we have the proper time to give it the proper time it, it deserves. But isn't it weird how the binary she puts mm-hmm. is austerity versus anti-Semitism, equating those in reality as if they were in any way Li- equal, yeah. it, it linked or equal yeah. things that were on offer. Yeah. Austerity is a thing that yeah. is actively offered. Anti-Semitism...
1: Yeah, is what it's, it is in in the Labour Party. Well there's, is, there's, is, well, there's a thing that, they, that there's a lot in the last week of this. The well, at first it was a lot of insinuation, and now actively saying that the Labour Party are going to do some and to do some anti-Semitism policies.
0: Well, all the anti-Semitism policies. We'll cover the Labour manifesto next week, so we'll be able to see all of the anti-Semitism policies yeah. in their in their in their uh, in their thing. But it's it's noticeable. This isn't uh, she's not hard right, uh, hard right wing um, mm. in her professed politics. But isn't it interesting how there's always a particular um, personality-based reason why you can't vote for the social democratic state you've always been asking for this last 20 years when you gave up on your communist dreams?
1: Yeah, well, I saw... um... Hella Lewis on one of the BBC politics shows today say that she liked the Labour manifesto, but you know Corbyn. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and it's like there's always and a the fucking. The thing Hella Lewis is like I know for a fact that that's fucking bullshit,
0: and I was told you would go to America. Why are you back? Oh no, she's working from from Britain. She's yeah. writing for America, so you don't have oh, to. It's not shoved in. Yeah, why isn't she on more podcasts? I need some fucking end of year material. <laughs> Um, yeah, she goes in on Boris Johnson and Swinson for not being very convinced by them, mm-hmm. as if that's the thing that matters. Oh, if, the,
1: if, um, if, the, if the Lib Dems had been doing as well as, they'd, as people like her had fucking hoped, she would be going on and on about Joe yeah. Swinson. Uh,
0: she continues, Surely the way people feel, leave, remain, left or right, doesn't fit into these claustrophobic party mm-hmm. political boxes. The media has to cheerlead as though all of this were exciting. Well, maybe if you were at a rally and given a placard, the earth moves for you. I need a little more seduction. Why the fuck are you so special? Yeah. What is it that you want? Like, it's she really pushes the people have the right to vote how they want, that liberal aspect of my character, to the fucking limit. Mm. Because, like, this election is more about left or right yeah. than it has been since 83, let's say. Yeah
1: um and you look at all the polls and you look at the last election all you can see all you can see from the last two the last two this um well the last general election and this one coming and how yeah. it's looking ignore the ones that don't fucking matter like the EU ones or the local ones yeah. these ones actually matter and small parties are crumbling
0: yeah they are gone all across the yes yeah because yeah. it, it's yeah but also what small party does she want well she like, wants to change uk <clears throat> are we? are you supposed to have like 70 million parties to cater to it's yeah. like there is a responsibility, I guess, for parties to... In order to be successful, they have to respond to changing, changing uh, demographics within mm-hmm. the country, right? Labour, unconsciously or consciously, seem to have gotten into, tapped into part of the student, uh, the student population of 2010 mm-hmm. and the way that they were fucked over, and to the rising service sector workers, as well as um, people in precarious yeah. occupations across the age, age board, not just yeah. just young people, Right. Why does... There's a certain responsibility as well, if you're a political person, to actually go out there and find the thing that you're happy with and comfortable with. I mean, it's not even just political. It's like a... If you feel like you want to exist in the world and be a a public person, Mm -hmm. like like you want to examine the world as it is and work out what it is you want from it and how much you're willing to cooperate and, and collaborate with other people in order to achieve the thing that you want. You can't just have a party come and seduce you with yeah. your thing. Like that's unrealistic. There's a level of... Even in our most like, even in the left's most like, uh, splitty kind of granular phase, I don't think any of them would have fucking argued that. Mm. No way.
1: There's like a level of laziness there. Like, there's some people I know. Like, oh, you know, I haven't even had anyone knock on my door. It's like, do you really need someone to come and tell you? It's like, are you going to vote for the first person that smiles at you on your doorstep? <laughs> Because like I've I've had people knock on my door and it makes me not want to vote Labour each time they knock on my door. <laughs> and you're a member. Yeah, because I just it's it's fundamentally
0: rude to knock on my door. Yeah,
1: <laughs> unless you're <laughs> bringing me food.
0: If the past three years have taught us anything, it is that more of the same is not viable. Yes, uh, accurate. Yeah, yeah, you have a choice now. You yeah. have the continued marketisation of British society and of human life. Yeah. Down to its most base elements, or you have the beginnings, the spark of something that might turn into something more egalitarian. Yeah, yeah, that's that's your choice. Do you want? Do you want that? Mm. Is that what you want? The main party. She continues. The main parties are divided. Westminster cannot control Scotland, and alliances have to be made. Both main parties think themselves better than this, and both both main parties are crumbling. No, they're not. Their mm. vote has shored up more than ever mm. because it is only a Tory membership Tory is falling apart, Labor. but. Tory yeah. membership itself but the Tory vote yeah, is they bad. will get a solid 17 million yeah. in any election they will get a solid 40% right now mm-hmm. because whatever they are offering shores up just enough among property owners uh, pensioners and things like that people mm-hmm. like that will show up just enough to last uh, of course I think of the Oz editor Richard Neville saying long ago there is an inch of difference between the conservative and labour parties but this is the inch in which we live now it is more than an inch short, a meter, right? So choose. It, this is you wanted difference. Yeah. Do you just want the same party and yeah. having to vote for them or not she or wants
1: not it, She wants the exact same party, so she can vote red to not feel embarrassed in her in, in, in Stoke Newington, but have the policies of the Tory party.
0: Yeah, to to secure the rights of property owners mm-hmm. and uh, to. She seems like the kind of person who she doesn't like individual rich people, but she likes the milieu that having rich people around creates. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's exciting. Because it creates decadence and (laughs) things like that. Vote, everyone says. Get a large nose peg. Do the right thing. But what if the right thing is refusing the fake binaries on offer? Voting now feels like clinging to the wreckage of a system we should dismantle. All the issues that really matter require cooperation, not silly point-scoring conflict. How do you dismantle a system by cooperating with its main participants? It's it's impossible. Well it's and ridiculous what you because you
1: can't really Well, we've talked about it before with um the way our parliamentary system works. It doesn't reward cooperation. It rewards having a 20 a 20 MP majority and an iron fist.
0: I fucking hate this this whole line of, oh, we really need to cooperate. And it's like yeah. Cooperate with who? Yeah. How? How do we cooperate? Between who? Only one side has all the power. Yeah. They don't want to cooperate. They have never wanted to cooperate. Yeah. Any kind of dismantling the system will not be through cooperation, mm. it will be through some level of conflict. Yeah. Uh, that's what this election feels like a proxy war in which we are unwilling cons- conscripts with little actual choice. And that's the end of the article. Perfect as perfect evidence on how this like nihilistic world weary cynicism has gone from being caustic and maybe mm. necessary in certain ways mm. to being reassuring you don't have to vote but the constant pullback to what's safe and known railing against yeah. a politics of you know an inch between the parties and then when there's a meter between the parties and there's a genuine choice about a different vision mm. oh no but there's one reason i
1: can't
0: yeah i just can't yeah um and like yeah there's there's two basic aspects to take away from this the opt out general opt out by liberal columnists mm-hmm. um to turn both sides don't represent me yeah. as if that is meant to mean something and and secondly like the transformation of bit of a lefty people
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the things that's happened to them in the last 5 years like there are probably two types of bit of a lefty people one's a liberal mm-hmm. right they through the blair years and through that, that like the mm-hmm. middle of neoliberalism, they culturally distinguished themselves from the really bad, mad people, yeah um, through income and taste, mm-hmm. so they were liberals by dint of the fact that, that you know they didn 't do any culturally inappropriate things and they had certain tastes, The second and weirder ones. Is one that Suzanne Moore is, and I think a lot of this explains a lot of the spiked stuff as well. Mm -hmm. The people who through the 80s were firmly embedded in the ruins of socialist institutions, as socialist institutions were completely swept away. You know, maybe that at one point they lived in a squat, Mm -hmm. and so they took all of that leftist education, all that leftist theory. um, They got a thorough education in Marxism, and they, you know, they had crazy ideas on how to make a better world and a fairer Mm -hmm. society. But somewhere along the line, just got bored with it. Yeah, we talk a lot about like the post ninety two generation yeah. and how the failure of Kinnock um, really broke a lot of the reflexively anti Thatcher um, mm. cultural people. But it broke them into lauding nonconformism and contrarianism over any kind of real principle of, of egalitarianism or justice you couldn't beat the system so you just made yourself into like a professional pain in the ass yeah. and that's how so many people of this kind view themselves mm. it's where you get spiked from professional mm-hmm. contrarianism if you're and like whenever something comes up to actually advance the ideas that you profess they take the line from the trots which is if it's not a morally pure revolution if it's not the absolute perfect revolution that happens now Perfectly, fully formed, and exactly how I like it. Mm. It's not the real revolution. Yeah, the greatest sin of socialism to these people is that it's not fashioned. It's it's not fashioned and tempered in a way that shores up their unique individualism and position within that that revolution or revolutionary change. Um, not only has Suzanne Moore apparently got no moral concern for the people who've been completely fucked by austerity, who are one bad illness away from complete penury she hasn't even got material concern for herself really under a Corbyn government materially nothing would change for her no not really she hasn't even got concern for herself she's doing it ultimately because she's bored because it doesn't have that frisson of person of an endless cycle of unchanging personalities that she can gush out in a columnist every week and then bash the following week when they inevitably don't meet up to the standards because it's based on entertainment law. The law of if it's entertaining, do it. She's fucking jazz. Yeah. She's completely jazz from Peep Show. It is boring talking about hospitals and houses and food, things people need. It's not a game to be won or a game to be lost. It's not just this series of TV personalities that she's concerned with. It's not like... A satisfying cliffhanger to end the season on mm. it's actual people's livelihoods and if that's boring like fuck off and talk about how much you hate emojis or whether they're liberatory or terrible convincing yourself you're still on the left while you're just sad that you can't talk about these things as if you're a fucking entertainment correspondent for the rest of your miserable career <sighs> That's us for this week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast. Follow me at BM Bergamo. Follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.